Welcome to the Indie Writer Podcast, where we talk about all things writing and indie publishing. Today, I'm excited to talk about Capturing the Middle Grade Voice with Rod Martinez. Attracted to words at an early age, Rod's first book was created in grade school. His teacher used it to encourage creativity in her students. His high school English teacher told him to try short story writing. He listened, and the rest, as they say, is history. Welcome, Rod. I'm so excited to chat with you this evening. Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be great. Yeah, so I want to give a brief intro. I met Rod at the um, Colorado Writing Conference, and he spoke a lot about his, you know, his inspiration for some of his middle grade novels. And I just thought, you know, what a fun um, topic to share with our listeners. So we're going to chat about that a little bit today. So to kick us off, Rod, could you just kind of give an overview of your work and what drew you to middle grade writing? Sure. But before I do that, I got to go back to what you were just talking about. So you probably don't know this, but I'm the one that prompted everyone in Colorado. Hey, why don't we go to this dinner? And then I did that, I did that thinking I'm going to win this thing. And guess who won folks? Jackie won. There were tons of people in there trying to figure out this mystery in a mystery theater and Jackie won. So I was like, well, at least one of us got the prize. So. Thank you for taking Well, that's time. what happened. So we were in this conference and there was a murder mystery dinner happening at the same conference, not associated with the conference, but it was at the same hotel. And I guess that's what happens when you throw a murder mystery at a hotel that has a conference for writers that weekend. <laughs> so we all go and crash it. That was a lot of fun. So um, uh, my, my origin and all this, I grew up I, I speak a lot of schools. I talk to schools, kids of all ages. And I, one of the first things I always talk about is the origin. Like what, cause the first question the kid will ask you is what got you started? What, what got you into writing? And I grew up reading comic books and I was, I was just slain and Marvel and DC comics growing up. And I just kept thinking, I'm going to work for Stan Lee when I grow up. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my life. You know, I can't wait. And of course, you know, you grow up and do other things. But um, when I was in high school, I started writing, of all things, I started writing horror, occult type, really dark stuff, just because I was into that kind of stuff on TV and the movies. But it wasn't until I became a dad and my son, who was in sixth grade, challenged me after watching The Goonies, hey, we sh you should write a story like that about me and my friends. And I'm like, okay, boy, you're on. You got a challenge here, okay. So I figured, you know, I'll make a quick little 20 page adventure with these four kids and, and that happened and it was good. And he read it, his friends read it, the school, some of the teachers and the parents read it and they kept telling me to push it, keep going, keep going. And I kept thinking, this is just for fun. I'm not, I don't want to write middle grade stuff. This isn't my theme, but they kept pushing me and I, okay, fine. So I think thing I knew I have a complete novel and I'm like, what do I do with a novel in library school? Librarian's like, you got to get it published go find a publisher, get this thing published. I want this in my library, you know, and uh, that's what got me started. I had no idea that I'd be doing this. Uh, my son, I blame my son for everything, so. <laughs> well, that's what they're good for, right? I have a 12 year old right now and he's a big inspiration. I haven't tried middle grade, but my most recent novel has a kid about his age. So I'm just happy to talk about this, even in an adult book, you know, writing teenagers or, or preteens, you know, with 
with a voice that suits them. I think that's a really broad topic, even if you don't specifically write middle grade. Tell me a little bit how you, so you start writing a middle grade book. It's obviously going to be a little different than your adult stories you've been writing. How do you get into the head of a middle grader? Um, I get that question a lot. And my best answer is I cheated. Um, most people I know decide I'm writing stuff. I feel like writing, I'm going to write a middle grade book now. And you just start writing and you think most adults write thinking as an adult and trying to make a kid's voice come out. Um, they tell you all the time, don't preach to kids. Don't talk down to kids. You have to sound like a kid. And I wasn't writing that kind of stuff. The beauty for me was the book that I wrote, the juniors, those four kids are real. They're real in my life. I knew them. I hung out with them. I was the parent that I was like the president of the band association in school. He was in band. Um, I went on all the field trips with them. Uh, the kids hung out with us. You know, we went to our house. We went to their house. We went to the beach together. I live in Florida. We went to the beach. We went to, to Orlando. We did all the fun stuff. And all, the whole time I'm hanging out with these kids and they have no idea that I'm studying. Them. So I was saying this uh, when we were in the conference. Um, I'm sitting in the car. I'm like, hey, guys, let's go to so-and-so. Let's go to the beach. Okay. So they're in the car and the beach and we're driving, just driving. And, and you just listen to them, listen to the conversations of the kids when they're talking. Can you believe what Amy did with her hair? OMG, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh man, that's good. That's, you know, and all the little things that they would say, the vernacular, the, the, the comments, just the ex exclamations, you know, the way they talk, the way they acted. I had each one of those kids characters down mm -hmm. and wrote the story around them. And in fact, uh, to tell you another story, I don't share this a lot. When I finished writing the whole manuscript, there were two friends of theirs that I knew loved to read. And I said, hey, would you guys mind reading this? Let me know what you think. And one of them, she was 12 years old, just like the other. She came back and she said, this isn't going to work. What do you mean this isn't going to work? She says, well, the four of them in your story, they all get along. They're all laughing all the time. They aren't like that in real life in school. They're always screaming at each other and <laughs> one wants to be the boss. And I was like, hey, you're right let me rewrite that thing. You know, so I rewrote it and gave it back to her. She goes, yeah, this is more like it. I had a 12 year old editor tell me how to write a book. Oh, I love that so much. That was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you is if you ran it by any kids in those early days. I and did that. I love then. that. It, it just worked. And now I just have friends with kids. So I'll say, Hey, would you mind letting Junior read this? What do you know? See what he thinks. And that helps, you know, when you can get the voice of a kid, it's really hard to get that. I don't know how to explain how to do it to me. Like I said, I cheated because my first book, I was hanging around with the kids that were in the book. So I, how to, how to make them work. And after that, every other book that I wrote, I just kept that in my head and kept writing it. And it just, just works. A lot of people tell me I talk like a kid too much. So I just go. You wrote this book, this first book with these initial kids in mind. What did your son think? Did he ever get directly quoted in your book or did he just kind of get a kick out of all of that? Was there any anything that you wrote that he's like, oh, I wish you wouldn't put that in there, dad? Um, I put a lot of stuff in there that probably all four of them didn't want in there, but I didn't use their real names, but everyone knew who they were. Mm -hmm. um, it got to the point in school, they were, they were being called the juniors. The <laughs> oh. the book. So they, they just kind of, they became a click and it was, it was just cool. I mean, I love that. Um, you can uh, create a story and kind of make a life out of it because the juniors kind of became my life for a while with them. And that's what prompted me into talking at schools and stuff. And that, that's, that opened the whole everything. It opened the doors for everything. So 
Yeah. I'm grateful. It was awful. Awesome. Yeah. That's wonderful. And so what did it look like kind of when you switched to writing different characters that weren't based on kids, you know, in real life? Did you just kind of take part of those personality traits and move them over? Or did you kind of write entirely new characters? Yeah, I wrote it uh, totally new characters in other books. Um, but I almost always as I'm not wearing I was going to wear my Scooby Doo shirt, but I wore my shirt instead. Because I grew up on Scooby Doo. And that was like, I based the juniors off Scooby-Doo and the Goonies. That was my thing there. So um, it's always about a group of kids. Uh, Stephen King said it in his book on writing, the best thing to do is to put a character in a situation and let them alone and let them figure it out, how to get out of there, how to get out of it. And that's what I do every time with these, with uh, whatever group of kids, it's always something, even like these are just regular kids, but I have another other books where kids have special powers or something, or this one kid is a leader of a group and he has this weird power of going back in time or um, all that kind of thing. And it's just uh, stuff that I, if I was a kid that age, this is what I want to read. And that's how I, that's how I write. I want to read this kind of stuff. And do all of your books kind of take place in the time period in which you're writing them? And has that changed how you write kids over the years? Cause you said now your son is 25. And so you've been writing middle grade for 13 years, it sounds like. So has has your writing changed based on how kids have changed or how, di you know, their dialogue has changed or anything like that? It, it has. I mean, I have to add new things like I'm totally a dweeb on everything like Twitter and all that stuff, you know, but I have to you have to add it in the stories, all that stuff. The kids are using it. So you have to learn so you can put it in there. But I also write young adults. So you know, when he turned into a teenager, I was like, well, I'm just going to write another story with him and his new friends in high school. And that'll be another book that got published. So um, it's just a matter of following the kids. But I, I don't I can't see myself moving from anything else except middle grade and young adult because it's just it's too much fun. It's just fun writing this stuff. And so where do you start? You, you just said that you kind of put your characters in in situations and let them figure it out. But like, what is your first with your process, where, where do you start first? Do you have a plot in mind or a setting in mind? Um, obviously this one was based on these specific kids, but how about some of your other stories? Like what does your process look like? So I do, um, I moderate author panels a lot. And the biggest fight that we have is pantser versus plotter. And I'm a serious pantser. Mm -hmm. Me too. I can't plot, I can't plot <laughs> at all. So. Like the juniors, I was like, okay, four kids from Tampa, Florida, find an SD card in the cafe while on vacation in Georgia, and some bad guys are after it. That was it. Okay. And that became a whole novel. So um, other stories, I just I come up, it isn't a plot. I just come up, you probably do this since you're a pantser. You have a pretty basic idea of what you want to do. And then you kind of, with me, it's been weird because a, a friend of mine asked me, how do you, how do you write like that? And I said, well... I have a basic idea. I sit down, blank page on Word, and start writing. She goes, start writing what? I said, I just start writing. It just starts. And then the characters take over. You just kind of sit back. I tell the kids all the time, I feel like I'm in an auditorium, and I'm watching a play, and I'm just writing everything that's going on. That's how it feels. And some people just look at me like, you're from another planet. No one writes like that. I'm like, tons of people write like that. But, you know, other people just don't get that. And I... Really good friend of mine, Maria DeVivo, she will probably listen to this and cringe, but she and I have a big fight on this all the time. It's just, it isn't a fight, but you know, whenever we were together, that's, that's the big thing, you know, okay, put the wall here, don't touch me. 
So, um, but yeah, it's, it, to me, it's just about getting a basic idea. And um, th there's a book that's coming out that's actually with a publisher right now called The Spectre Trail. And it was about, if you can imagine this, I thought, so what if this girl lives out of town? All my stories take place in Florida because I live here. She comes from out of town every summer for the first two weeks of summer, stays with a grandmother in Florida in this old house that's supposedly haunted, but she's never seen anything all the time she's been there. She's 12 years old. She's never seen anything. And her friend next door is always telling her, there's a ghost in your house. No, there isn't. Well, you know what? I just found an app called Apparition, and it will show you that there is a ghost in that house. And the app shows them, and then there's a whole story about how do we get this ghost out of the house? And, uh, that isn't copywritten yet, but apparition, that's mine. Don't let me take that. Okay. I made yeah, I'd enjoy that one. Well, congrats that that's with a publisher right now. That's wonderful. Yeah, they, they loved it. It's a Florida publisher. Just, we love this. We want to take it, please. Let's go with it. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. Do you have a um, timeline for that one? I don't. It's just finished the first phase of editing. Okay. So it's back at the editors now and see. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, I tend to, with my, my pantsing, I, you know, I've tried many times, especially the last two years, just to find a middle ground. I'm like, I'd like to be a little better at outlining just so I don't write myself into corners as much. And then I've just found any time that I put those constraints on myself, I just don't write or I don't write the way that, that I'm built to write. And so I think it's okay to just go with it. Yeah, when I try to explain it to people, I'll tell them, to me, it's almost like working with a jigsaw puzzle. You're doing the pieces and it's just going and going and going and you get to the end. It's like, wait, that isn't the right piece. Wait, let me move this. Mm -hmm. And by the end, the story just kind of works. To me, the story just works itself out. It, it just, every time I write the end, I'm amazed. I was like, wow, I just finished. I did this. You know, and, and I, I did not plan it. It just happens. I don't know. Yeah. I think we have so many stories ingrained in us, you know, just from being you know, absorbers of stories our entire lives that, that some of that kind of clicks in his muscle memory more than we realize. But I'll definitely see that and be like, oh, it's a perfect ending. And I'm, I don't know how I got there. Actually, I do that, then I'll come up with another ending and say, oh, should I do this ending instead? And that's another fight. Mm -hmm. We just did an episode, it airs tomorrow, about um, choose your own adventure stories. You should get that, give that a shot. <laughs> that was really fascinating. Yeah, when it comes to, because you were asking me about voice and, and I had a story and I'm, I won't say his name because I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but I had a friend who was writing once and I was in a critique group and we're all sitting, listening to our stories. And we read his stories that we would all give in like 12 pages. We read the story and it's like, you know, this whole thing about a submarine and these people are on a submarine and they have to go down and save something and there's this big creature and all this kind of thing, right? And we finished it and we all gave our critiques. And he was kind of perplexed and he says, you guys, none of you guys got it. And we're like, what? He says, they're all in the sixth grade. And we're like, dude, this sounds like these are adults, man. Where, where do you, did you even mention the school? Cause it wasn't mentioned, but he knew when he was writing it, this, these are kids. And, and then, you know, afterwards he was kind of discouraged, but he pulled me aside and says, Hey, can we talk? How do you get that kid voice thing going? You know? And I, I couldn't explain it. And I, I felt so hurt because I love the story. But I think he quit it because he wanted it to be a kid story and and it just it didn't have that voice. And I he's moved away since, but I really wanted to help him with that one because that was a, was a good and I don't know how to tell people how to do that. I mean, I know this is what we're talking about now. 
the whole thing, you know, and I'm supposed to give you this magic potion. Everybody do this, you know, stand on your leg three times and tap your foot and there you go. Boom. You know, but there's no magic to this. It's uh, to me, like I said, to me, it was being around kids. And I, I do, I have told people this um, to not be creepy about it, but hang around kids, <laughs> you know, um, go to the library or, you know, volunteer at a school or something and just, just, because we're writers, we people watch. That's what we do. We sit at Starbucks and we're just watching everything going on. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, just writing down ideas. I, every day, a new idea hits me. And I'm just like, I have too many ideas on the backlog to get started with something. But to get true kids' voice, you have to listen to kids and watch them is the only way to do it. Yeah, and that's interesting. So hearing about your friend that was writing, um, and you say that, you know, it just kind of comes to you, but then you also talked about having a, you know, a 12 year old kind of beta reader. And so those are things that our audience can can look out for. Um, does most of your kid voice come through dialogue or do you have kind of an inter internal monologue going? It's, it's both as an internal monologue, but I'm very, I'm a very strong dialogue person because that's what, you know, kids are like Harry Potter. There's a lot of action going on, They're going back and forth talking, you know, and, and that's what gets the reader involved in the stories. Like you feel like I'm there with you, you know? I tell the kids all the times, like, how many of you have read Harry Potter? Hands go up. How many of you have seen the movie? How many have been to Universal Studios and seen it? Okay, so all this came out of the brain of one lady. And when you're watching a movie or something, you feel like you're sitting right there with them, don't you? Like, you know all about Hogwarts and everything else. You know everything about this place because this lady brought you into her world. And she did it in your voice, you know, so. Right. Well, we can talk about that a little bit more, too. But I'm, I'm curious. Um... This is a question Carrie, one of our other hosts, threw on here. She's a uh, librarian and she's one of the hosts as well. And she was um, curious just how do you kind of balance, um, you know, you're getting the dialogue right. How do you make sure that it's also at the right reading level? Was that something that, that took some practice during editing or that you kind of worked with people to make sure that that was right? No, the voice part, like I said, the first, like I said, it was easier the first time because of the kids and I knew how they were, the vernacular and everything. Um, going back and editing, a lot of the times my son, whenever I finished reading one, I would read it to him and he would stop me. Stop. No, no, you can't put that there. I'm like, but, but no, no, can't put that. So, I'm, okay. Okay. So I would change it, you know, and it's always good to have uh, a judge in that age, you know, but not everyone has that. And um, I was lucky to have that, but I think writing it as long as I've been doing it, it just kind of comes natural now. And um, I do, I am that person that will go to a bookstore or, or to the library. Cause I, I'm at the library all the time. I go to the library and you're just sitting there and you're just listening to kids talking, the kids talking with the parents, you know, and you just, you just catch it. And to me, it's, it's really a part of just being a part of the group that you're trying to write for to listen who they are, how they are. And that's, that's just really, important. you can't fake it. I mean, you. yeah, for sure. And you know, so many 12 year olds are so different. Like I know many 12 year olds in my son's circle who really just kind of converse like little adults and then others who yeah. have, you know, much more kind of that tween energy in their yeah. dialogue. And so that's, that's kind of interesting. Tween, so. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have favorite middle grade books that you like to read or that were an inspiration to you? 
Um, I hate that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I I don't because I don't have I don't really have enough time to read as much as I used to. And when I am reading, I'm usually reading nonfiction. So I love biographies. So I'm usually reading biographies and stuff. So I don't really. So what I do get a chance to do is like go in the library and pick up a kid's book and just kind of skim through it, you know, and then okay, put it down, walk away and some. And I just kind of keep some of that stuff or write notes or something that I've saw, seen or heard. Um, but I haven't really had time to read, to really just read a good middle grade book in a while. So I can't say I have a favorite. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, the difference for you between writing middle grade and YA. Um, middle grade to me is, is more, I don't want to say childish, but to me, it's just more innocent. Um, I write um, <clears throat> in this day and time now, the way uh, books are being written, we're more aware of the social aspect of what's going on. And I write more to entertain. Um, I write books to just help you. You know, I want a kid to read this and to just escape. Like, wow, this guy can go back into the past and the future. I want to, you know, instead of like what's going on today, this guy just got shot down the street. I don't want to write that kind of stuff. Everybody else is doing it. So, um, I'd rather entertain the kids because um, that's what I like to do. When I'm speaking to kids, I'd rather hear them laughing than see them go, hmm, you know, it's just a thing with me. I like making kids laugh. So um, then young adult, I just kind of get a little more serious, but it's more about, as you and I both know, growing up, you're a young adult, all the angst you have to deal with and being accepted and, you know, do I fit in with this crowd? And, you know, I'm the, I'm the loner, I'm the one off or something. And I, I tend to, to uh, concentrate more on those kind of characters in young adult. And where do you draw the line between middle grade and young adult? I know that my son is kind of at that upper age of middle grade, but is already reading young adult. Um, right, right. Is it kind of more about coming of age moments or where where do you think that line is drawn with your it characters? Is, it's normally it's, it's the age line, but a lot of times it's what the publisher editor says. I mean, I had, when I, the first book, the juniors that I wrote, the first publisher that looked at it, loved it except they said, we want to change the kids ages to 14. And they were 12. I said, no, no. I said, no, no, they have, we're, we're publishers. We know what we're talking about. I said, no, no, they have to stay 12. They're, they're middle grade, you know, but they sound like teenagers. They have to stay 12, you know, and we fought about that. I was like, okay, never mind, No contract. I wasn't going to give that up. So, um, but um, I, to me, it's almost like it's an age line because you get to that one point where 14, 15, and it's like, I'm not a kid anymore, you know, and things are different now. And look, wow, she's cute. He's cute, you know. This is a whole different, different world now. So young adult, I tend to, I don't get, I don't, I don't throw like really romantic stuff in there, but it's more like, you know, someone has a crush on someone or something and, but then they have all this other drama going on in their world and how do we get through this? So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rod, I would love to invite you to um, to read for us, and then we can chat a little bit more. You know, once once we've heard a um, excerpt. Okay, <laughs> I actually I picked a little bit from the Spectre Trail, the new one that's coming out whenever it comes out. Um, and I kind of told you guys a little about what's going on, but this happens like right. Mary Ellen is the girl; she's twelve. She's from Cincinnati. She's just gotten into grandmother's house. And when she first gets there, she always feels like, uh, two weeks here, you know. Um, I don't know if I got to that part yet in here. I hope I did, because I don't want to miss it. No, nope, it's there. Okay, good. So here we go. 
Mary Ellen pushed open the squeaky door of her bedroom, dropped both Harry Potter suitcases on a center rug, and sat on the plush mattress of her old Victorian canopy bed. Her trusty teddy bear Snookums sat up between her two pillows. It was as it was as if he'd been waiting for her this whole year. Snookums, I've missed you. She grabbed the cream-colored stuffed animal in a quick hug and then reached over to set the antique alarm clock. It was one of those old manual ones with a bell on top. She faced it toward, <clears throat> faced it toward her side of the bed so that even with her glasses off, she could see the long hand that's shorthand on the clock's face. Most kids her age didn't know how to tell time on a clock like this, but her grandmother had shown her when she was seven. She glared out the window at the house next door, Amy Gonzalez's house. It was almost the same design as her grandma's. She didn't like Amy, but every summer for at least two weeks, she would be the only other person here for Mary Ellen to, that she could talk with. Plus, Amy had a computer, a Microsoft Surface, and an iPhone. Peering through the, through the window, she could see her lying on the bed, petting her cat and talking on the phone with a Surface on in front of her, her long dark hair covering her eyes. Jerk. It had been a long travel day, and Amy, Amy was tired, but without her phone or even her MP3 player, all she was able to do was read a book. The train ride was way longer than she cared for. They better send me back on a plane. That is, if Erie Creek even has an airport. Erie Creek, Florida was a small town in the Gulf of Mexico, just miles south of Clearwater, a town known for its beaches. Erie Creek didn't have a beach, though. The only body of water near was the creek that snaked its way through the small town. Father had been born there, and many a story was told about his simple upbringing. Last summer, Amy told her Last summer, Amy told her that Amy, that Mary Ellen's grandmother's house was haunted. That's what everyone said, she told her. Mary Ellen didn't believe her. She never believed her because Amy always made stuff up, like the time she said Prince was one of her dad's best friends in the 90s. Whatever. After a, change, after a quick change into her PJs, Mary Ellen fell fast asleep. She woke to heavy banging on her bedroom door. Mary Ellen, honey, it's 8.15. Why'd you lock the door? Her grandma sounded upset. OMG. Mary Ellen hopped up out of the bed. She turned to the clock. It was blurry. My glasses. As soon as she slipped them on, she saw the alarm clock had been switched off and the clock was facing away from her. What? Then she glanced at the door. She knew that she hadn't locked the door last night, but the latch was snug in place. So the part that I wanted to say it wasn't in there is that her grandmother does not allow anything in her house. She doesn't allow cell phones, tablets, laptops. She has one television in her house with antenna so she doesn't allow anything in her house so of course she's like she feels totally lost <clears throat> wow and i bet that's a feeling that most teenagers can relate to <laughs> um to know what that would feel like well thank you so much for sharing rod it's nice to kind of get a taste of your writing style you know just talking more generally have there been any resources or craft books or you know uh story structures that you've enjoyed that have kind of just helped you you know, get your books to a place that you want them to be? Wow, I don't have an answer for that one. No, because I just, I just do the same thing over and over again, and it works. I haven't tried anything new. I don't know. I do have, I had something written, written down here. I got a rejection letter once. And um, this kind of made me think of, of when you had asked me about doing this thing. It was one of my first rejection letters, and I forget what story it was. I sent it to a publisher, and they said, I wrote it down, I love your voice, but the story isn't something I'm interested in. And that was my rejection letter. I was like, what? Come on. What do you mean, my voice? You don't even know what I sound like. You know, I didn't know what she was talking about. And then I, I brought it up to other writers, and they were like, oh, dude, you got something there. Just send her something else, you know? And I was like, oh, man, I love your voice.
voice. What what is that? And they kept saying, because you sound like a kid when you're writing it. You have that voice for kids. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Compliment. All right. So I don't feel so bad after that. But um I I I just kind of tell writers, um I'm working on a on a presentation about this. Thanks to Jackie. And um I uh I found some stuff as I was uh, doing research and one of them were one of the I forget what book it was but it said you know don't talk down to kids don't preach to kids speak to them on their level and speak to them like try to go back in time remember what it was like when you were 12 years old go back to that time and write in that voice and I read that and I thought 12 years old I remember 12 you know and I'm thinking about it thinking living home with mom and dad my sister my best friend next door the grocery store around the corner. It's like, well, I could write a whole story about my childhood. Yeah. And it was just a whole different way of thinking about it. Just go back in time, visit yourself at 12 and write in that person's head. And that kind of blew my mind. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I love that. And I think that helps with so many different types of acting, like, or it, types of writing is that kind of just put yourself in your character's mindset. Um, I've heard other middle grade writers say that they kind of imagine that they're, you know, sitting around a campfire telling that story to kind of an audience of that age. Um, do you ever, you know, record yourself talking or kind of just like go through your stories out loud before you write them? Or is there any other tools that you use, you know, when you're drafting? I don't, but uh, the tool that I'd use the most, and I think everyone knows how to do this, is Microsoft Word will read your story back to you, will read your manuscript back to you. And I do that a lot. I'll write and I'll stop and I'll let it read it back to me. Of course, the voice is really robot-y, but um, you get the gist of your story coming back to you, and it catches. When you see, once you hear the story, because they say in editing, if you read the story back out loud, you, you will find so many mistakes you didn't see when you were reading. And to me, it's even better to have your computer read it back to you, and it reads it back to me, and I catch so much, and I'm like, okay, stop. Okay, i got to fix that, you know, and that's a good way to go. Um, I have not had the pleasure to have a child like a, a child's a child audience except for when i go to schools and talk and i'm already speaking from reading from one of my books as I'm, and i was teasing with the same book and i stopped this one part and i get the same thing no keep going so no no now you have to buy the book see now mom and dad have to buy the books that's so mean you can't do that you know well the library is going to buy one don't worry about it jeez i got to keep talking here you know so it's it's kind of a nice tease to do but it's it's fun that's well, a sweet I, I reception. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you get kids that want to keep hearing it, you know, and then I get a letter back from the library and a week later saying, you know, these kids are still talking about your book. Now we have to order more. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. What an honor. Um, and what you were saying about just having, you know, Microsoft Word read it back to you. I found that so valuable because I feel like, you know, when you're looking at your own draft for so long, it's so hard to be objective about it. And to just like see it clearly, I know for me, I'll like repeat something three paragraphs down and I just won't see it just reading it. Um, I will quickly plug. I know I've done this on this podcast before, but um, I found this tool incredibly helpful. There's an app called Edit Out Loud. And basically what, what it does, okay, yeah, it's, it's great. So it takes your... Um, you know, Word file, you upload your Word file and it'll read it back to you. You know, the voice is still kind of robotic. But then the nice thing about it is, um, you know, it's got like a really simple 
interface and you can just kind of like hit insert comment on on the app and then like record a voice comment to yourself so you can even like do it while you're driving um and then it'll you know when you're done when you re-upload that that document to your computer all those little comments to yourself are track changes but you know it's all done through audio and so i found that incredibly helpful if i just want to like real quick push through the story on 1.25 speed or whatever and just (laughs) make sure all the nuts and bolts are there so that's my quick plug for that because I love that uh, resource. One of the other, I didn't answer your, I mean, I answered your question, but I forgot about this. I, um, on TV, I have Roku, but on TV, you can go to kids channels and just listen to watch kids shows. Cause I've done that too. I've listened to kids shows and you get all kinds of great ideas. Just listening to them go back and forth and stuff. Cause there's certain words, they don't use the word dweeb anymore, you know, so you have to know what words, what words are used and, yeah, that's a really good point. And maybe for people that don't have a community of kids nearby all the time, um, that's a wonderful resource. And you probably get a little kind of like, okay, how are kids' stories paced these days? And and what does that look like? Um, yeah, that's that's cool. Another good one is to, and I know how weird it's going to sound, but if you went to a library and you had their calendar and knew when the next uh, kid's story time is, and I've done this and said, I'm a writer, can I just sit in and just listen? And that works too. If you sit in and listen to a kid's time story in the library, it's, it's, it's like going to church. It's, it's perfect. It's a learning experience. Well, that's great. Cause you're hearing the stories and you're hearing the kids reactions to them. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I actually did for the first time I did uh, a couple months ago, I did a school virtual school visit with first graders and I've never done anything lower than fourth grade. And I thought, what am I going to do? This is going to be crazy. I don't know how to talk to first graders. I mean, what do you say to them? You know? And I'm like, and I'm trying to come up with some kind of writing thing. And at the last minute, I just kind of winged it and I'm on class uh, on camera with them. And I see this whole bunch of faces just like staring at me, you know? So I, hi, Mr. Martinez, can you say Martinez? You know? And it did. <laughs> and after that, it just, it just became magical. I was like, okay, I want to talk to first graders now because it was, it was so much fun. So you kind of don't, um, don't put yourself in a category. I, I never thought I'd do that. So I actually have a children's picture book now with a publisher also. Oh, wonderful. So it actually was a publisher we met in Colorado, so. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, and I, I know that like, like I have a 12 year old and, and eight year old and you know, she is, my, my youngest is often reading middle grade books just because that's what my oldest is reading. So they'll read them together and I think that you know, depending on the kid, that it's not always going to follow along the age recommendations. You know, some younger kids will really enjoy those adventure stories. Um, and so it's good to not, I like what you say, just about not talking down and not underestimating them. And I think we've talked about this before with the librarians on this show is just trust kids to know which books are for them and what stories are for them. And Librarians are an asset to writers. They really are. I mean, they, they love books, they love reading and you're the person that wrote it, you know, so they, they're an asset to writers. Yeah. Library story times too, I would assume are a good, a good chance to do that. And then, yeah, for anyone listening, who's done a middle grade book, kind of what Rod has done, where put yourself out there for school visits and kids give you honest reactions, right? <laughs> yeah. My very first, and I, and I can say this to anyone listening who's never been to a school, the very first time I, when the juniors was published, 
the local paper did a story on it, which kind of surprised me. And then teachers saw that. And that's how I started getting calls to go to schools. And the first school that called me to come, I thought, you want me to talk to kids? You know, and I'm thinking, I'm a writer. I don't, I have stage fright. What are you talking about? You know? And when I got there, I, I had all this stuff planned up. And she says, all you have to worry about is that these aren't adults. You, you know, they're not the IRS. These are kids. They want you to be here because if you're here, they're not doing schoolwork. So talk as long as you want, make them laugh, have fun. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make believe that this is my son in front of me. And that just became my thing. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's just fun. I mean, kids are such a, you know, honest audience too. You know, if you weren't writing engaging stories, like you, you would know. Um, whereas if an adult is maybe reading at a library that most adults are going to be polite and they're going to clap, but kids, you're going to get their very honest reaction when they think something's funny or they are bored. <laughs> yeah. You know, with them, you get, I mean, when it comes to question and answers, I always, that's my favorite part. So I'm like, I always get a question that I just totally didn't expect out of a kid and just, you got to get creative. Like, uh, so. <laughs> and so you know, I know you said you like to keep things light um, with your, your middle grade books for the most part. Um, and so how does that balance with also just, you know, shooting straight with kids and not talking down? Like, where do you find that, that level of complexity that is right for the story? Um, to me, I think it depends on the storyline and on the characters because, um, I, I do have a couple of stories where maybe racial tension is in the story and it's serious and it's important. It's a part of the story. It has to be told. Um, so, you know, you have to be serious here, you know, and the kids will know that reading it, but then, you know, I have other kids, you know, like the ones I was talking about now, the third, the third friend, there's the two girls that I mentioned, the third friend is this kid that looks like a young Michael Jackson. And he's very confident in himself and he thinks he's like, he's going to be the next mayor of town. So you have that, that kind of thing going on with, between the three friends and stuff. And that's the kind of thing kids know when they're in school, you have this one person who's really shy. This one person who's like, she's the most popular girl in school. And this other guy's the funniest guy in school, never wears the same shoes, you know, something like that. And I just like to play on those things that I remember growing up as a kid. And that I, my son would come back to me and tell me stories about, you were happened at school today? No, son, tell me what happened at school today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, you know, keep it complex within their, within their world, within the uh, topics they're navigating on a daily basis. I try to keep it fun and maybe spooky and stuff sometimes. Nice. So. Yeah. Well, Rod, this has been a pleasure. Um, I really enjoy talking to you. Before I let you go, can you just kind of let our audience know how to keep up with what you're doing, uh, where to find you, and maybe, you know, what to keep an eye out for next? Sure. I My, my webpage is rodmartinez.us, United States. Um, Facebook is facebook.com slash author Rod Martinez. And those are my two main ones. Um, and everything I do is on there. I mean, like all the, anytime I go speak somewhere or anything like that, and any latest book, well, the latest one isn't on there yet because we don't even have a cover yet, but um, that's where I try to keep everyone informed. And I'm just, I love to be out uh, preaching the word of literacy. <laughs> I tell people that I love to preach the, the literary world to, to, especially the kids, but anybody who wants to listen because I grew up reading and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there that just grew up from a kid, just loving to have a book in his hand. So 
You can find me online, rodmartinez.us. Awesome. And any librarians or teachers listening, <laughs> give, give Rod a shout. Um, so thank you. This is lovely. And we'll put links to, to your books um, and to your contact information in our show notes. So it's really easy for everyone to find. And um, thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Indie Writer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will subscribe to hear our future episodes. We want to thank the Writing Block community for the continued support. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at, or at writingblock.com. No pay. Remember to subscribe, share, and tell your friends. Thanks, everyone, and happy writing.